This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Youthful Energy, providing you with a unique energy support of pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Our guest, Dr. Ramona Wallace, uh, who uh, is demonstrating that integrative medicine, functional medicine, uh, is alive and well in middle America. Uh, it's accessible to, accessible to people of all income strata. And she's pioneering efforts to bring uh, the insights of functional medicine uh, to the clinic uh, so that ordinary folks can can access its its tremendous benefits. Uh, so uh, you're about to tell us about uh, your experience with the patient, and this has to do with with motivation because we you know we can we can tell patients all about you know these wonderful things they could be doing that you know and and typically doctors do this conscientiously. They say overweight patient comes in, you need to exercise. Okay, end of story. Oh, and you need to eat better. Uh, you know. Uh, Get rid of the fat and sugar in your diet. And that's about, takes about 20 seconds to <laughs> say those things. Uh, and then on to the next patient. So, uh, this is a challenge because, uh, you know, sometimes people even know what the right thing is to do, but there are obstacles to that implementation. So tell us a little bit about your experience on the ground. Well, it was, I had, um, I precept, which means, I will work with the residents, they see the patient, they come in and talk to me about the patient, then they go back in and see the patient. I had a, a resident come to me and say, oh, this patient is so non-compliant, doesn't do anything. He said the meds don't work, he doesn't take them, he's tired of taking them, <laughs> and, he, and I don't know what to do with him. And I said, well, tell me a little bit about him. He goes, oh... He is, he's got neuropathy, he had a leg injury at work, um, he's on, I said, no, tell me about him. And he goes, well, I am. And I said, no. And so I went into the room to see a very pleasant, uh, really smart guy. And he was about 38 years old, and he just got out of the hospital for um, blood clot. They just diagnosed him with uh, Leyden Factor 5 after um, he had some surgery. That's a, ge a genetic factor that makes surgery. people more prone to blood clots. Yep. And and he was complaining of of he's had his fingers were numb. He can't focus. He's exhausted. He's back to work, even though the he had a work related injury. He just none of these things people are giving him are helping him. And I asked him about. I said, "Well, what do you do? Tell me about your day." And he gets up in the in. Um, goes to work at eight o'clock at night, and he works until six o'clock in the morning. Oh, the he goes home shirt. and goes to bed. And I said, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." And and I said, "Do you smoke?" He goes, "Yes, about a pack a day." And then he goes, "And I drink Mountain Dew, about six two liters a day." Oof. 
to keep awake. Right. <laughs> I said, okay, I get it. I, I get why things aren't working. So go to the functional medicine, remove, right, the five hours, remove before you replace. Let's talk about the six, two layers of Mountain Dew. And do you eat anything else? No, I eat out of the vending machines because mm. I'm a single guy and yeah. and I don't cook. I don't whatever. And, and I just food availability Dew is notoriously oh. bad at night because uh, night nurses, uh, night workers tend to have a high propensity to overweight and diabetes. And part of it is just the boredom and monotony of working at night. And part of it is just the lack of accessibility to, to healthy food in an institutional setting. So here's a hardworking guy, his folic acid, because he was have clearly nutrient deficient with neuropathy or numbness, fingering, mm-hmm. yeah. fingers and toes. His folate level was three, Oof. which is really low. His B12 was low. His B6 Oof. was low. Oof. And his vitamin D, of course, was nine. His Yikes. vitamin C was less and, and, point and folks, two. just to give you an idea, you know, nine, uh, less than 20 is deficient. Um, I think I've seen one other patient who had a vitamin D as low as that. That was my mother, uh, who was housebound and never got a ray of sunlight. And, uh, it took me about, uh, six months to convince her doctors to do a vitamin D test on her. Um, yeah, I get it. Yeah, he, he was an absolute mess. So we talked about it. We talked about his nutrition. I was able to guide him to the appropriate resources where he can afford it and some techniques. I worked with a nutritionist to help him, you know, focus on foods that he can easily prepare that won't spoil quickly, that were full of micronutrients. And after about three to four months, and he cut that way back on his Mountain Dew, he feels great. He's not on any medicines. He comes in to see me religiously, and he is back to work full-time, even after a pretty horrific accident. And just the happiest, he's trying to quit smoking. He really, really tries. But just by simply investing a little bit of what going on in your life and tell me who you are as a person instead of saying what are your symptoms and what pill for every ill (laughs) I Mm -hmm. need to mask those symptoms were and so I was able to show the resident that it's not non-compliance it's our lack of understanding and finding where the gap is in his care and it's I have thousands of stories like this and my residents are beginning to see this is a very empowering tool that, that's really exciting. And not to mention the fact that the very treatment for neuropathy is a treatment that can make you really feel drowsy, tired, and awful. You know, medications like Neurontin are often used. So this guy's got to work at night. He's already, his sleep cycle is already all out of whack. His circadian rhythms are messed up. He's tired. So taking those medications, he actually made a wise decision to pass up on those medications because they, A, they weren't helping, and, and B, uh, they're making him feel worse. So, yeah, you know, non-compliant is a pejorative word that doctors use towards patients when patients don't take their medications. And it, it actually uh, is used to disparage patients. It means that they're, you know, just, you know, ornery patients. They're disobedient. Uh, they, you know, they're stupid because they don't recognize these medications are necessary or for their benefit. So we often, you know, 
patient is NC, patient is non-compliant. But actually, in this case, there was there was inherent wisdom because this guy knew uh, at some deep level that the medications weren't helping. And that's a and that's a wonderful lens that I'm trying to encourage the residents and when I work with medical students that let's figure out this person's story and let's go to N equals one. So that's why it's been such a joy being able to look at micronutrient deficiencies because that to me is universal. We all need nutrition, right? (laughs) And we all need to really understand and, and have a very good food IQ and there's a big battle between the food marketing industry and truly the nutrition industry, and it's it's hard to connect. So I would really like to see more randomized controlled trials that are not vulnerable to selection bias come out, and I've been working pretty hard on that for the past five years. Indeed. Uh, do you have any studies on, on the launch pad? Because I think, you know, some of the work you've done has laid the groundwork for an understanding about how uh, a not a single nutrient deficiency, a classic nutrition deficiency, but chronic low level nutrition insufficiencies can contribute to disease and how addressing them can uh, help. Are, are there studies underway where you're demonstrating that? Yes, there are. There, um, the Society of Nutrition, Education, and Behavior just accepted a few of my abstracts, and then the ICRE, which is the International Conference on Residency Education, has accepted an abstract, um, and the American Society of Nutrition has also accepted um, an abstract that is looking at this model and trying to understand um, lung latency deficiency and chronic nutrient deficiency and how it integrates with the social determinants of health and how important it is for our medical providers up and coming to learn this information. Well, that's great because you both are serving your patients, but you're also, uh, as is often necessary, uh, taking those steps to legitimize your work via some kind of academic um, efforts. And, you know, that's really uh, a great uh, synergy between what you do in the clinic, uh, what you believe, and and how you demonstrate it uh, to a skeptical world, frankly, to the medical world being, you know, uh, we, we now, I recently read that that in terms of uh, the amount of money we invest in our, in our foundering medical system, the most expensive in the world, only 3% is devoted to preventive medicine. And of that, you know, preventive medicine, well, does that mean more colonoscopies and, you know, more PSAs? Or are we talking about fundamentals of lifestyle? I, I hardly think so. Right. I don't have I don't have 27 hours in my day to meet right. all these. So I hope they don't come up with with more. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting. There was um, very – in the Annals of Hepatology in November of 2018, very well written – Non-functional medicine, annals of um, hepatology, argument for vitamin D, A, and zinc monitoring in cirrhosis. And that was one of the uh, things that um, I've seen in my work is vitamin A deficiency 
And um, it, it's been very, very interesting how prevalent that is of the 325 initial people that I ran through um, identifying um, micronutrient deficiencies and malnutrition. I close to 40 people had a severe vitamin A deficiency. I did not expect it to be that high in a Midwest town that is surrounded by the food industry and food sources. Wasn't that, to me, doesn't it surprise you? I mean, 96 people with scurvy. Wow, wow, wow. That is mind-blowing. To to change the subject slightly, there may be benefits of this approach, not just for the patients, for our medical system, for cost containment, because ultimately um, our our system is um, uh, penny wise and pound foolish. You know, we don't uh, ad- consecrate adequate money to primary care physicians who spend a lot of time with patients discussing lifestyle, but we do spend a lot of money on procedures, tests expensive surgeries, expensive drugs. Uh, But clinician wellness is a big issue because we're seeing unprecedented levels of clinician burnout. And you and I probably both experienced that early in our careers. You know, when we went through training in the early phases of our practice, where we confronted an enormous volume of patients. And we also found it in in many ways unfulfilling because we felt we were simply putting Band-Aids on problems. And um, we lost in recent decades, a lot of autonomy. Uh, our ability to be innovative in our treatments has been limited by uh, by computers, by um, EMRs, electronic medical records, by the demands of insurance companies, Medicare and Medicaid for documentation. Uh, so you actually wrote an amazing article in conjunction with Dr. Janet Mindis. Uh, she's a PhD. She's been a guest on this program. Um, entitled Clinician Wellness. Self-care for staying healthy, healthy lifestyle behaviors, nutritional deficiencies that compromise health care, that compromise health occur in clinicians, not just patients. So tell us about that. That is fascinating. Well, um, Dr. Mendez has been a wonderful voice um, for underserved people. She knows how to put... Um, and express things in ways that is so translatable. Um, and I really appreciated working with her. And what I've noticed is that there was an article that came out talking about hospitalists versus people who work in the outpatient and their vitamin D level. And I'm looking at my poor residents who do hospitalist work all winter long, and they never see the sun because our days, daylight hours are limited from November through March. And I'm, I could not believe that, you know, I'm sure their vitamin D levels were low and, and you could see the fatigue and the exhaustion and the lack of focus, lack of concentration. And so I've been working within my residency program itself to do wellness and, and to help them focus on adequate nutrition and help them focus on getting some sunlight. And they do have um, work hours limitations now, which have been beneficial to them health-wise. But a couple of my residents going through the IFM program have their their exam scores are, are great. Their focus is wonderful. They have 
better quality of life, but I think they're better understanding how to take care of themselves, Mm -hmm. which then translates to, I can better take care of my patients because I'm actually implementing some of the things I'm suggesting to my patients that are, it's effective. So it's, it's wonderful to see them with the reduction of burnout and those who are really, really adopting this philosophy. And it also, I think, an important role of physicians, and I, I take this very seriously myself, uh, I feel that I need to be a role model for my patients. Uh, I think it's really discouraging for patients to see doctors uh, who are even less healthy than they themselves are, you know, to go in to see a cardiologist uh, who is obese. Uh, and, you know, if they look in a corner of the office, they may spy a, a hidden ashtray. Uh, and, uh, you know, and so often I hear from patients, uh, oh, yeah, my cardiologist, uh, you know, I got to find a new cardiologist. My cardiologist just had a heart attack and, you know, he's either passed away or, or, or is retiring from medicine. Uh, we're seeing a lot of that. We're losing a lot of uh, talented physicians, uh, even to suicide. Suicide is, is unfortunately so prevalent among medical practitioners. And uh, if they embraced a, a, a lifestyle that helps them cope with the demands and stresses of their jobs, um, so much the better. But it also would impart to patients kind of an inspiration to take charge of their health in the same way. I totally agree. Uh, one of my other mentors here at this university, Dr. Horneffer Ginter, is the Dean of Wellness. And uh, she's wow, the what a great epitome. Title. The Dean of, uh, of Wellness. <laughs> I love that title. Wouldn't you just love it? And she exemplifies that great. And she's been my biggest, uh, one of my biggest champions within the university itself to support this kind of effort and education for our residents because after we had a, a suicide among one of our colleagues, unfortunately, the, here a couple did you of say, years ago. Did you say eighth? Did you say a suicide mm. or the eighth suicide? A, as in, no, a. Oh, a suicide. One, okay, a I'm one. sorry. Yeah, yeah, a suicide. Yeah, no, that's okay. okay. Um, yeah, it it was a big wake-up call that that's something that has to be a serious focus and we need to really really acknowledge that what you just said about providers and their own wellness um, can't be ignored. We're not invincible. We're actually real people. <laughs> and We really need to pay attention and embody what we tell our patients. And, and uh, my husband and I both try to live that type of lifestyle that we ascribe to um, the people, our family, friends, and, and our patients. So how can we uh, take this forward? Uh, because uh, this is, we really need to make this a movement uh, that infiltrates every medical school in the country, uh, every hospital in the country. Uh, and yet you realize how hard it was, you know, even in, in your community uh, to have some modest beginnings. Uh, do you have a vision of how this can uh, transform healthcare for America? Well, you putting me on this podcast is a very good start. So okay. I'm so grateful that I can, you can give me a platform to be a voice for people who are in the same camp that uh, we would really like something new, some a different lens for which uh, medical schools can, and residencies can address things and 
really help our providers understand taking care of themselves and taking care of us and really looking into other initiatives that are supportive of personalized medicines and try to find people who really you align with and give them a pat on the back. Most functional medicine practitioners will not make money just seeing patients, and it's it's kind of unfortunate. It's a hard way to go um, because of the value or the volume-based yep. uh, healthcare system we're in that's not value-based. So it's it's going to be an interesting struggle, and I've seen this for 30 years of my career, and you know, people like you who give us a voice that help us share that it actually works. And now we're out here, so keep going. Well, so let's uh, share some resources. You know, first of all, uh, tell us about your your training at the Institute for Functional Medicine. That's one of the places where people can get uh, if they're health professional. It's I think it's open to uh, many levels of health professionals, not just MDs and DOs, but also uh, RNs uh, and uh, allied healthcare practitioners, physician assistants, chiropractors, I believe, naturopaths. Uh, and so on. And it's it's a training program that is uh, in-depth on many aspects of natural care. And that is ifm.org. Is that correct? And that's correct. Yes. Okay. And that's, uh, I've opened the, uh, the collaboration we have with the Institute of Functional Medicine has opened the doors to um, this university and other practitioners, and I have several of them, not only just residents, but taking advantage of this opportunity to work with IFM to really support these endeavors. Um, I'm part of ACLM, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, which mm-hmm. is another wonderful platform that I've learned tremendous amounts from um, that people like Jeff Bland and who are supportive of that have been just terrific in their ability to disseminate evidence-based um, education. A4M usually does uh, Metabolic Management Institute. I think they do an, another good job. Um, environmental Work Group and even places like ASN, the American Society of Nutrition, Nutrition mm-hmm. or the Society of Nutrition, Education and Behavior, all these groups have very similar mm-hmm. you know, nutrition as basic. And, and I, I have to get you plugged into the American Nutrition Association, where I'm actually uh, president of the uh, Board for Certification of Nutrition Specialists. Uh, that's uh, an, another organization that uh, really promotes nutrition as being central to an effort to transform uh, health care and wellness in America. Uh, oh, thank <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know it. You know, once we sign off. Um, additionally, how do people find out about what you're doing over there in Kalamazoo? Do you have Do you maintain uh, a web presence? Uh, is it through the medical school or through a local organization? I I have a um, an Instagram. Um, we're building, we're just actually changing our website through uh, Western Michigan, but um, we have an Instagram account, and the email to that is rmnwllc at gmail.com. Say again, please. R M N 
WLLC, so it's all the consonants in my name, mm-hmm. at, g- at gmail.com. Okay, great stuff. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, I really uh, think that you're a model uh, physician, clinician, and also academician, uh, which really, I think, exemplifies what we hope for in our doctors and your people who uh, care for patients, but also are trying to uh, advance innovation in medicine uh, to better serve our populace. And, you know, we just need to clone you and, you know, uh, <laughs> then drop each clone into uh, every underserved community in the United States. And that could make a huge difference in the healthcare <laughs> picture in this country. So maybe that'll I'm be happy, the next project. Yeah, I have, I'm happy I have people like you in this world. So thank you for all your hard work and, and everything you're doing to support us and giving us a voice. So thank you for having me on for today. I certainly love talking to you, and I loved listening to your podcast, and I will continue. So thank you so much for your time. It was a great pleasure. I really enjoyed talking to you, Dr. Ramona Wallace. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com.